Hey everybody, how's it going? We have reached day three of the workshop, so I'm so glad that you are still here with me. I hope everyone's having a great day and a great week, and I'm excited to get into some post-marketing today, which just means the marketing that you do after your book is finished and after you've hit published and how you can get it in front of the eyes of um, all of your, you know, ideal readers. So we're going to get into that in just a minute. Welcome to the workshop. Um, as always, let's take care of a little bit of housekeeping first. Um, first of all, if somebody could comment in, just throw me a comment in here and let me know that you can hear me loud and clear and everything's good there. Um, I wanted to say that I looked through the people that did the homework yesterday and uh, put the nine plot points into the comments and I thought they were great. I thought you guys were doing really, really great. You're coming up with some great ideas, even inspired me a little bit. So good job with that and thanks to everyone who did that. Great, you can hear me, always good to know. <laughs> Thank you so much for putting that in. Um, all right, so in terms of the gift card, we randomly picked somebody who did the homework to receive a $25 gift card, and the winner is Robert Hart. So Robert, um, go ahead and email me at lkhillbooks at gmail.com, or you can just use the direct message on Facebook, and um, you'll have to email me your uh, email address and I will make sure you get your gift card. Okay, so thanks for doing that. Thanks for participating everyone I hope you're getting a lot out of this workshop and that it's inspiring you to keep going with your writing Okay um, As before as the last few days, I will have a resource for you at the end of the workshop um, It's not actually a PDF this time, but it is something that you can go and download. So um, I will give that to you right at the end and I think that is all we have to worry about today. I think that's all of the things that I wanted to talk about at the beginning. So let's just hop right into the workshop. I'm excited. Okay, so let's talk about, oh, here, let me put my, uh, I always forget to put my PowerPoint in when I first start. There we go. In fact, maybe I'll just make that full screen for you. There we go. Okay, so let's talk about how once your book is written and published, you can market it without breaking the bank. There are definitely ways that you can get your book in front of the right readers, and in some cases, even be profitable without doing paid ads, okay? Paid ads can be expensive, and you really shouldn't be throwing money at them until you're sure you can get a return. And that's gonna take a little bit of time, okay? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you some numbers here to, that are kind of benchmarks to look for, um, but what you wanna be doing, especially when you're first starting out, when you've got your first book, um, maybe your first two or three books is to look for ways to market and see some sales, even if you can't afford the CPC ads yet. So today I'm going to give you basically two strategies. Um, one of them you can implement right away, assuming that you have at least one book published. If not, then you'll just do it as soon as your first book is published. The other one, it's going to depend on you, where you are in your journey and what your goals are for right now. And we're also going to go over how you should be marketing marketing differently um, based on how many books you currently have in your backlist. So in other words, based on how many books you have published right now, okay? Now, I've said this before, but I'm gonna say it again. I'm not gonna tell you not to do paid ads. I do think that they're an important part of marketing, but they're only one branch of it. Think back to the pyramid that I showed you and we talked about on day one. They should be the tip of the pyramid, not the base. And so many people try to use them as the base and it just makes their pyramid topple, right? Um, so it's worth reiterating, reiterating, sorry, that if you have already been building an email list, already priming your audience for launch day when your book goes live, and have already written a stellar story that your readers will deeply and automatically connect with, as we talked about yesterday, then you're setting yourself up for success. You're already ahead of the curve, so that's good. 
I see I already said that. Okay, so we are going to talk about monthly newsletter and or retailer promos. I will explain what those are for anybody who doesn't know. So here's the thing. For many years, I kept my books exclusive to Amazon so that I could put them in Kindle Unlimited. Now, this is really not going to be a discussion about whether to be wide or exclusive. For the record, I am wide and I do advocate that, but that's not my point here. I didn't want to go wide for a lot of years, so understand I was exclusive for a long time. Um, because I kept hearing about how much harder it is to build an audience on wide platforms than it is in KU, right? Everybody says that, and, and to a certain extent, that is definitely true. Sort of. <laughs> it's true for a lot of people. Let's put it that way. But what I can tell you is that even in KU, my books really weren't making much, if any money. Okay. And I mean, I was getting some sales. I was. I was getting like a few hundred dollars a month here and there, but it wasn't anything life changing. It wasn't anything I could live on. It was, it, I was having a hard time scaling that income. Um, and so I kind of figured, you know, in terms of going wide, that if I was doing that badly in KU, how much worse would it be if I went wide? You know, I, I knew that I wanted a concrete strategy for how to build my audience and make money wide before I actually did that. Well, when I finally found one that I thought, okay, that sounds logical. I think that will work. That's when I took my books wide. And this was just a couple of years ago. And here's the real kicker, guys. And the reason that I'm telling you the story. When I first took my books wide, I almost immediately was making more money wide than I was in KU. Okay. No lie. I really was. Um, now, I'll give you a caveat to that. It's not going to be true of everyone. In fact, the main reason that I was making more money wide is because I wasn't doing hardly any promotion in KU. If I had been doing in KU what I'm doing now wide, I probably would have made more money. Okay, so that's important to understand that it did have to do with me learning how to do promos and learning how to sell my books and get them in front of readers, right? Um, so once again, I'm really not saying this to make a point about wide versus exclusive. I'm telling you this because if the strategy that I'm going to give you will make money wide, maybe even more than exclusive in some cases, then it definitely works, okay? Because most people think that it's, or find, you know, literally find that it's easier to make money in KU than wide. So understand, I was not using this strategy until I was wide. And if I had, again, I probably would have made more money in KU. But again, my point is just that wide is hard and I've tested this wide and it works, okay? So does anybody know what newsletter promos are? Can you tell me in the, uh, in the comments if you know what they are or have ever used them? I'll give you just a second. There's always a bit of a delay. Hi, Erica. Hi, Delta. Hi, Poppy. Hi, Jody. Glad you guys are here. Yep, so it looks like some people have used them. That's good. Example, BookBub. Yep, BookBub is, we'll talk about BookBub. Yep, like Fussy Librarian, exactly. You're thinking of the right thing. Okay, good. So some of you have used them. So newsletter promos, for anybody who doesn't know, are sites that have curated really huge lists of readers, okay? BookBub is the most well-known one, and it is the king, right? Um, and what you have to do is you pay a flat fee to be featured in their very large newsletter. Now, here are the upsides. You don't have to pay per click. You're not going to get your money all sucked away. <laughs> and it's only a one-time flat fee. It's not something that continually goes, right? So it's not a matter of sucking money down the toilet. The downside is that, I, I didn't actually write the word downside on there, sorry. Um, the downside is that you can't control the outcome. So you have to test these and see which ones work for you. And it's pretty common knowledge in our space which ones work really well and which ones don't. Like I said, BookBub is king. 
That is the one that's going to get you tons of downloads, but it's also the most expensive one. So I'll go into this more a little bit later in the presentation, but I'm not going to recommend that you do BookBub right away, not until you have at least three to five books published, okay? Because it's not that it would be bad. It would definitely grow your audience. You would definitely get downloads, but you're not going to recoup your cost because it's so expensive, okay? So we don't want to confuse these. I do not remember what is on my next slide. Yeah, okay. We don't want to confuse these with newsletter swaps. Newsletter swaps are what we do with other authors to kind of cross-promote to our audience. This is not that. These are sites that are on the internet already. They're not run by a single author. They're companies that we pay to be in their newsletters. So some of them, we already mentioned a few in the comments, but BookBub featured deals, Bargain Booksy, Free Booksy, Robin Reads, Book Gorilla, Books A Million, Book Butterfly. Um, ENT, I'm looking at some of what you guys have put in the comments, um, those sorts of things, okay? Now, a few of you are putting in the comments things like Story Origin and BookBub. I know that, or uh, Book Funnel, excuse me. I, I know that <laughs> so many of these have the word book in the title that they get a little confusing. Story Origin and Book Funnel are not newsletter promo sites, okay? Those are sites where you can put your free lead magnet up and you can build your newsletter with those sites, but um, and, and you do pay per month to use those sites, but it's not quite the same thing. They don't have a newsletter that they're sending your book out to. Rather, they do um, little tiny promos and help you swap with other authors. So that's a little bit different. And don't get me wrong, that can be really effective too. That's especially effective at growing your email list. But what I'm talking about today are the ones where you play, pay a flat fee and you have to schedule a particular day and um, then they send your book out to their newsletter, okay? So the ones that I've already named. Um, let's see. As I said, they do cost money, and I wouldn't recommend BookBub until you have a few books. But here's the thing about newsletter promos. And um, so here's a kind of a list of them. I didn't put that up there, sorry. The thing about newsletter promos is that you can do them all the time, okay? There, most of the sites have... Um, rules about how often they will promote the same book. So they will only promote the same book once every three months or once every six months or once every year, you know, that sort of thing. And of course you have to abide by that, but nothing, there's nothing out there that says that you can't submit to these promos every single month on a rotating basis. Okay. So <clears throat> you can, the strategy that I'm going to give you is to make sure that you're always submitting to these. Now, of course, you've got to look at your budget. You've got to look at what you can do with a single book or two book or three books. But I'm going to go through the strategy in more detail in just a minute. But if you are constantly submitting to these different newsletter promos on a regular basis, you will constantly see a sales and downloads of your book. And it may not be massive sales. It may not be anything you know, that you can retire on just yet. But if you get in the habit of doing this, then you'll constantly see sales. You'll constantly be moving books, which is going to make the algorithm work in your favor. Okay. So this is something that I want you guys to start doing. And I'll go into the, um, the strategy for this a little bit more in just one minute. Um, Delta asks, BookBub isn't easy to get. Is there a secret to getting one? There's not really any secrets, um, but BookBub likes to see that your book is going to be very advantageous for their readers. So it helps if you're wide. It helps if you have a lot of 
um, you know, four and five star reviews. It helps if they can see that you're high on the algorithm, that sort of thing. Like the better looking your book is to them, the more likely you are to get a deal. But um, there's also something to be said for just continuing to uh, apply all the time. And, you know, it's kind of a numbers game. You'll get one every so often, but you're probably not going to get one all the time. All right. So we're going to now talk about retailer promos and these are slightly different. Okay. So I, I'm going to try really hard to keep you guys from getting confused about this. Retailer promos come from the retailers themselves. So I didn't list Amazon on here because Amazon, I mean, it does have these, but they're kind of a whole other ball game, but other retailers like Barnes and Noble, Kobo, Apple, Google Play, they have their own internal promos and coupons and things like that that you can sign up for. Um, some of them cost money, but a lot of them don't. So I especially love Kobo and their retail or their promos because a lot of them, they just take a small percentage of what your book makes while it's in the promo. So especially for the struggling author who doesn't have a lot of money up front to put toward ads, you don't have to put any money up front toward that promo, okay? You run the promo, you get some downloads, and Kobo just takes a percentage of it, okay? So especially if you're on a shoestring, I would really highly consider doing this, okay? Like I said, Amazon has some promos, but they're really difficult to get. And then, of course, there's Amazon ads, but those are pay-per-click and things you have to pay up front for. Um, so even though people talk about how it's much easier to get sales when it comes to um, being in KU, you don't have these other promos available to you if you're exclusive to Amazon, okay? And once I started doing this, like I said in my story, especially on Kobo, man, I started selling books like crazy. And I was amazed that it worked that well after hearing for years and years and years that it's so hard to build a wide audience and you should stay exclusive to Amazon. Now, once again, if I had been doing newsletter promos all the time, I probably would have done a lot better when I was exclusive. Okay. So it's not to say that you have to be wide or that you can't move books if you're exclusive. You absolutely can. But all of these retailers, as the years go on, they're getting better about you know, helping authors, connecting with authors, um, you know, giving us ways to sell books on their platform because they benefit from that. And these are really good promotions that not very many authors out there even know about. Okay. So these are important. Um, and of course, if you're exclusive to Amazon, you probably, you know, won't be interested in using these yet, but it's something to keep in mind so that once, you know, maybe in the future, when you do decide to go wide, or if you do decide to go wide, um, you will know about them and can leverage them, okay? Because the, the truth is, PPC ads, which are the uh, pay-per-click ads, if you don't know what you're doing, they can easily suck your money down the drain and give you little to no results, okay? You have to be trained to get those ads to work for you. And if you've done extensive testing for your book and have enough books to see some read-through, they, they will work, okay? So once again, I want you to know that I'm not bashing PPC ads, but I see so many authors when they're starting out with only one or two books try to do that and it's not going to work for them, okay? But with the newsletter promos and retailer promos, you can, you know, figure out what your budget is and you'll never go over it because you'll just spend what you have and get the results that you get. And so you don't have to worry about um, accidentally leaving an ad running that's costing you $600 a month and isn't giving you any results. Okay. That unfortunately does happen to people and it's really sad and it really sucks. Okay. I don't want that to um, happen to you. Um, let's see. I went over that. Some cost money, but the ones that do are inexpensive. So I talked about the Kobo ones that they only take a percentage. There are also paid ones, but a lot of them are like 30 bucks. 50 bucks, you know, they're not, they're not too bad. And even the 
more expensive ones, again, not BookBub, but things like Free Booksy and Bargain Booksy, they're like 80 to $100. Um, so it's gonna depend on your budget, but you know, it's just a one-time fee. So you don't have to keep buying that or anything if you don't want to. So here's the strategy in a little bit more detail. Do, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, challenge you guys to do this, okay? No matter what else you do, I want you to start trying to do this because no matter where you are in your journey, okay, well, I guess if you don't have a book published yet, you won't be able to do this yet. But once your book is published and for anyone who is published, do at least one paid promo every month, either from a newsletter promo site or a book retailer site. Now, this is going to depend, as I keep saying, on your budget. If you only have, say, $50 a month to put toward ads, okay, go out there and spend $50 either on a retailer promo or find a newsletter promo that's less than 50 bucks. Now, you could also do something where if you want to do something that's a little more expensive, like, say, Free Booksy and it's $100, just save up for two months and do that and do one every other month, okay? I promise if you are systematic about this, you will be amazed how much how many books you move and how quickly, okay? Because most people just don't think to do this. They think, oh, well, when I have enough money, I'll do one of those. But no, no, be systematic about it. Be intentional and purposeful about it. More is always better. So if you have, again, say you have $80 and you might wanna do one newsletter promo and one retailer promo, something like that. Mix and match and test everything. <clears throat> um. Be purposeful, intentional, and very self-aware about this. Okay, so the question is, how do we be intentional and self-aware? I want you to gather information. Use a spreadsheet or whatever you use to store information. If you want to use a paper and pen or Word or whatever, but spreadsheet, you know, Excel tends to be the most accessible. Um, and use a calendar and make sure to set up promos every single month, okay? So here's what you need to do. You need to be tracking which promos you're doing. And part of that is just so that you're not trying to do a promo more often than they allow because they'll get ticked off if you try to submit more often um, and might ban you or something, you know? But it's also just to make sure that you're constantly doing promos, that you don't have a drop off in your income. But it's also, I want you to keep track of how many downloads you got that month so that you can look at the promos and know which ones are working specifically for your book each time you do them. Now, there's a little bit of a trick to this. You have to sort of disassociate yourself from the emotion of failed promos. And what I mean is, what if you pay some money, even if it's not very much, 25 bucks, let's say, and you do a promo and you get zero downloads from that promo. That's very disheartening. And I believe me, I've been there. I've done it too. But you have to try not to get too emotional or too upset about that. Um, the best thing to do is just to know that you have gathered some information. That promo is not working for you. So cross it off your list and don't use it again. You know, and and True entrepreneurship, and, and this is what I want you guys, I try to shift your brain toward authorpreneurship, right, is just knowing your numbers. Because once you know what the numbers are, even if they're super low, you can use that and lean on that to scale them. And that's very, very important, okay? And I know that this is hard for us, okay? This is using the left side of our brain, and we are all right-brainers. We are all creatives, okay? So the left side is really hard to lean into. We want to be creative, and when we have to put on our business caps, we struggle. But do your business and your writing future a favor, a favor here, okay? Be very logical about it. Use a spreadsheet to keep track of the promos you're doing, when you're doing them, and create a specific and rotating plan for newsletter promos. And if you're wide, retailer promos, okay? So go through the, um, the resource I'm going to give you is a list of these um, uh, newsletter promos. 
And I what I want what I want you guys to do is go through each of them, look at the rules. It might take you a couple of hours to sit down and do this, and how often you can promote on each one and what it costs, and go through, if you're wide, go through and do that on the retailers too, the major retailers, just look at their promotions tab, see what they have to offer, and then put it in your calendar when you can and will apply for the different promotions throughout the entire year. Do an entire year's marketing plan, you guys, and then all you have to do is when it comes up on your calendar, sit down and apply. And of course, you know, look into your budget. You'll probably set a budget now, and as time goes on, hopefully that budget will increase. But the point is, the reason that most authors at the beginning are not selling very many books is because they aren't doing this, okay? There are plenty of authors who know about these promos, and kind of even know about the strategy, but are they actually doing it? There's a very small percentage that actually are, okay? Um, as I was saying, even failures are not truly failures because they provide you with information that you didn't have before, and that's super important, okay? Um, in fact, I have an example of this. A few months back, I interviewed a woman named Divya Parker, Parek. I always call her Parker, and that's not correct. Um, she's a wonderful, wonderful person, and she is actually a, a writing coach, just like I am, except that she does not coach fiction authors. She coaches nonfiction authors, but we connected because we do similar things. She wrote this book called Expert to Influencer. You can kind of see how that works and kind of feeds into her business, and she told me this. She told me that she kept her book on the bestseller list, like on Amazon's top bestseller lists and her categories for eight months. Think about that, eight months. And you know how she did it? Exactly what I just told you to do. Her promos were a little different because she's not doing fiction promos, she's doing nonfiction promos. But she just went out there, found them, constantly kept her book in these promos and it stayed up there that long, okay? So we can't necessarily count on our book being in the top 10 for, or you know, the top 100 or whatever it is for eight months, but the point is, this works. It absolutely works. I promise you that it does. Okay. Um, so when you don't have a big backlist, which I think is most of us, and you don't have a big budget for, um, you know, marketing your book, this is the best way to do it. And you have to be intentional and purposeful about it. Okay. Um, do you have any questions about this? Tell me, what concerns you have here in the um, comments. Let's see. Sorry, I'm trying to read and talk at the same time. Do these promos work for standalone, suspense or thriller or series? A better choice. Um, so it really, it really depends. If you have, they will probably work better for a series, but that doesn't mean that they don't work for standalones, especially if you have a lot of books um, and you have your back matter set up so that you're kind of having them flow from one book to another, that can absolutely still work for these. It just widens your audience. And a percentage of the people who read your book are going to come looking for other books that you've written because they liked it so much, okay? Won't be everybody, but a good percentage of them will. Um, the other thing is that there's different kinds of series, so I'm not sure exactly what kind yours is, if it's a true standalone or if it's more like uh, similar characters that run through the books, but they're not chronological. So that kind of serial sort of series also works really well with these. So it just depends, but all you can do is test it and try and, and see what happens. Um, okay, lack of budget, sure. So, you know, I understand the lack of budget, but like I said, you can tailor this to your budget. You can figure out how much you have and then just look at the, the list of the newsletter promos and just do the ones that you can afford for now. And then hopefully you'll get some return on that. So you'll have more money to deal with next month, or I guess it's 60 days out when you get paid, right? 
Um, the other thing is look into if, well, if you are wide, I don't know if, um, if you are wide, Erica, but if you are looking into promos on retailer sites that only take a percentage of what you make and that way you don't have to pay for them up front. Okay. Cause those really are helpful when you, when you're having budget issues. Um, Shanna, yeah. Marketing the same perma free, it, it will have diminishing returns. You're right. But at the same time, I, I actually read an article not too long ago that said that a lot of the um, various genres are recycling their audiences as often as every three months. Okay, so I, I don't know if I, I don't really have the the um, information to back that up or the sources or anything, but if that's true, or if it, even if that's kind of true, it just shows that you can keep doing it over and over again. You know, you might want to wait three to six months in between, especially for certain sites, um, because there will be diminishing returns. But people are constantly coming into the space and looking for things to read. Okay, especially in the last year and a half with the pandemic, we saw a huge increase in people reading online and needing entertainment. Okay, um, the world seems to be opening up back again, and let's hope that continues. Um, but even so, it it it's not like people were just reading for a minute and now they're going to stop. Some will, but it's really probably created that habit in a lot of people as they realize this vast, you know, online world of things they can read. And, and then there's the fact that you can also say children are learning to read every day. And of course, most of us aren't marketing our books to five-year-olds, but that's constantly happening and people are growing up and teenagers are getting older. And so the audiences are constantly recycling. So, um, you know, it's, it's very true that if you only have one book over time, you're going to see fewer downloads for sure. But especially if you're constantly working, constantly writing new books, you won't have to worry about that because every time you put one book out, you'll have more in your backlist. You can definitely market those other books in your backlist. But, you know, if you're using like the first in series, then hopefully each time you, you promote it, you've added a book to that series. And so your read through goes up. Okay. So I want you guys to try to get away from worrying about saturation. Okay. It, it is a thing. And if you see it, then you'll kind of have to pivot. And, you know, you, maybe you're, you would know that it was happening because at one time you, you used a certain promo and you got this many downloads. And then if you use it again later, you don't have as many or don't have very many at all. Okay. So then maybe that book has saturated the market for now. You can kind of put it on the shelf or just let it you know, hang out in the back background of your backlist for a while and then try it again in a year. Okay. It's, it's not anything that's going to go away permanently. But the other thing is that if you're constantly worrying about saturation, that's coming from a very scarcity mindset and that's always going to cripple you. Okay. So don't worry about oversaturation for right now. Just start testing to see what works, write everything down so that you know, and keep really good records and move forward. Always, always, always move forward. Um, okay, good. I'm glad this is making sense to you guys. Okay. So let's move on to the next strategy. The next strategy is probably going to get me some pushback. <laughs> I always get a little bit of resistance to it. And I believe me, I understand why, because I've been there. I would highly recommend having something available on the book retailer sites that is free. Now, um, let me, let me give you a story to illustrate this. Back when I first started publishing, like my first book or two, I was constantly hearing stories about authors who published a book, threw it up on Amazon and instantly started seeing sales without doing a single thing to sell their book. And I remember feeling so jealous every time I heard that because my books never did that. I never experienced that. Now, there are probably a lot of reasons that I never experienced that. Many of those 
those types of stories came out of the early days of Kindle. We're talking like 2011, 2012, when you really could do that. You really could throw a book up on Amazon and sell hundreds or thousands of copies without trying. Unfortunately, that's not the case anymore and hasn't been for years. So by the time I started publishing, that was already not really the case anymore. Um, there's also the fact that most of those books were written to market with a heavy emphasis on genre tropes, um, which always makes it easier for readers to find them. And when I started out, I knew nothing about tropes. Okay, so my first books were not written to market, and that probably contributed as well. However, despite never having um, experienced that, I just talked, you know, before with the first strategy, I talked about um, going wide. And when I went wide, I also made book one of each of my series free. And guess what? For the first time, my book started selling without extra help. I remember actually looking at a book that I had made the first one free and I was looking at um, my scribe count dashboard, you know, and I realized that there were all these downloads, like 200 downloads of this book. And I went, oh, did I have a promo on that? One of my promos must have gone live and I forgot, you know, and then I went through and the promo had not gone live yet. And those downloads came completely without any help. Okay. Um, now, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> they're free. How did that help me? Because they're technically not selling, right? Because I'm not making any money on them. Well, that's true. But I want you to think a little bit harder about what I said. I made book one free. For most of my series, we're talking five to six books. Um, one of them is a trilogy, but the others have either five or six books and they have good reviews, good read through. I've written, I've written them well using the techniques I gave you yesterday. I do have a decent email list that gives me good reviews, all of that. Um, so I know that if I can get people to get into book one of that series, I'll make decent money on the read through. Okay. So, um, Free on all the retailer sites, meaning Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, Kobo, all of that. And when you're starting out, you can use your lead magnet if you don't have anything else, but it works better if you have two different ones because you're really building two different audiences. So um, if you're just starting out and you only have book one, or if you haven't written book one, you're still writing, that sort of thing, um, you can use your lead magnet, but eventually, you're going to want to move to having your, a lead magnet that is exclusively to grow your email list that can't be downloaded from retailer sites, and then maybe putting book one in your series as free. Okay. Now, I want you to consider, especially for those of you who really don't want to do this and you're thinking, nah, I, I don't want to make something free. I just want you to consider a couple of things. If your book is free, it's very true that not as many people who download it will read it. Okay. We, we know that from um, BookBub featured deals, it's very common for people to get like 30,000 downloads, but then only it's clear from the read through that only maybe like 5,000 of those can actually read the book. Okay. And that's just because it's free and you're going to get people downloading free books. But remember what I said, entrepreneurship is about the numbers. That's something you have to keep in mind. So let's just say that it's really low. Only one in 10 of those who download your free book, read it. I know what my series read through is. If you don't know what that is, it just means figuring out how much you make when somebody buys every book in the series and reads through it. And I just picked one of my series to use it as an example. I have one series that my read through is about $12. So 
if I want to make, say, $2,400 in a month on that series, then I got to get 200 people to read through that series, right? It's just the math. And if only one in 10 who downloads does so, then I need to give away 2,000 copies of book one, and that's how much money I'll be making. So I just use really simple math on this. Okay, it's usually a little more complicated, but that's what calculators are for. But I just want you to see that even if you've got a really low number of people who are reading the free book, even a really low read through, um, you can scale this. And that's what's most important as an author, because we have such small margins of profit on our books, they do not cost very much. We have to deal in volume. We have to. So if you keep your book as paid, the first book in your series, I mean, and it's not hardly moving any copies, how is that serving you? It's just not. So if you, on the other hand, can make it free and move 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 copies a month, and even if it's only a percentage of those that are reading through it, you can still make really good money on that series, okay? So it's just something that I want you to consider. I know not everybody can do it right away, and if you have, you know, if you're just starting out and you have your lead magnet as your free thing and then one book that's $2.99, you know, your numbers are going to be much smaller than this. The, the, the less you have in read-through, the harder it's going to be to make a living on that book. But guess what, guys? There are people that have one book out who make it profitable. They're probably not living on the royalties, but it is profitable. They're not losing money on it. Okay? So I just want you to really think about this. Um... Yeah, um, I like that, Erica. Oh, Libby, I hope you, I hope you got your audio back. You know, I noticed a blip. I bet that's what it was. I think my my internet might have blipped. That might have been the audio you lost. Um, but anyway, Erica says I'm thinking of doing this for a first book in series to celebrate the launch of book two and hopefully boost sales. Yeah, I think that's great. That would be a great launch strategy. Um, make book one free. Make sure that your back matter links to book two and you'll be getting all the sales for book two off book one. But I'm telling you, if you make it free, you'll get way more downloads, okay? And yes, only a percentage of them will read through. Like that. that's always what people say. Yeah, but not as many people read it. And I, I get it. But what you're probably going to find is that if you hadn't made it free, you would have actually gotten less um, read through and made less money than making it free. Um, okay, good. Libby says everything's good. What's a lead magnet? Um, EM, a lead magnet is, I, I didn't really go over that in this workshop, but it is something that you write that you give to your list for free. So it's usually either, it can be a full novel, but it can be a novella or a short story. And you basically say, I'll give you this free short story in exchange for your email address to get them on your list and introduce them to your writing. Okay, so that's what a lead magnet is. Um, all right. As I've said already, entrepreneurship is about knowing your numbers, no matter what they are, so that you can duplicate duplicate, and scale them, okay? That's super important. Um, your hires, or sorry, your numbers may be higher or lower than what I said, but it really doesn't matter what they are. You just need to know that you can scale them. So here's the thing, guys. The... Industry average for sales, this is, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit numbersy here. Sorry, I promise it won't go on very long. Most people only get two to 5% of their audience to buy. Okay. So in other words, of all the people you show your book to, it's very common to only get two to 5% of them to buy. Um, it's actually the same with email. It's very common to only get a two to 5% 
email open rate. But if you do it right, if you have a very engaged list with your email, and I've seen a lot of authors do that, it's very common to get more like 30 to 50% email open rates, okay? And the same thing happens with sales, right? If you are writing a really good book and cultivating your audience and doing, you know, it's, it's really um, high quality and connecting with the readers and, and doing everything that I've talked about in this workshop, you will have higher sales than two to 5%. But let's just say for a minute that you only have 2% of a buy-through. Well, guess what? You can still scale that. As long as you know that you can count on 2%, all you have to do is drive more traffic to it, okay? So you kind of need to know these numbers in order to run your book business. And, <laughs> and guess what? Um, you can use things like the newsletter promos and the retailer promos that we already talked about to drive traffic to your free book and get the people into your series, okay? So, I mean, guys, that's pretty much what I do. I make a book free. I go on to things like Kobo and, you know, whenever I, it works in my budget, I'll do a newsletter promo to that free book. And then I look at how many free books got downloaded. And I know that a percentage of those will read through the series and I can actually um, predict pretty closely what my income is going to be next month or in two months when I get paid. Okay. That is how you create stability in your author business. And you can do it with only one or two books, even if you don't have a big backlist. Okay. It's really, really important that you understand that. Um, before we recap, let's see. I did kind of want to, and I've kind of addressed this. Um, there are people who don't want to make their book free, both because they only have one book, perhaps, or because there's this argument out there that it's devaluing books to make them free. I, I understand where it comes from, but I have to say that I don't agree with that. Because again, this is something that I learned that was really ground into me when I moved into the entrepreneurial space. There's always going to be freebie seekers. It doesn't matter what market you're in, what industry you're in, there's always going to be some. But in order to attract your ideal clients, or in this case, your ideal readers, it's best to put something out that's free. So even people who
All right, can you guys hear me? <laughs> I'm pretty sure my internet dipped out there for a minute. That was totally me, not you. Let me know if you can hear me if I've unfrozen. Yep, okay, good, okay. Sorry about that, just a little bit of technical difficulties. Let me go back to my PowerPoint here. Okay, so we were recapping the strategies. Um, okay, so yeah, systematic newsletter and retailer promos, set up a lead magnet or a first in, in series that's free and use newsletter promos to drive those things, okay? So is this making sense? Is this uh, resonating with you guys? I'll make this full screen again. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. I'm glad. I hope you see kind of the, um, the wisdom in this and that you can, you know, just keep it in mind for the future. Okay. So, um, the next thing that we're going to go over, and I'm going to go over this pretty quickly, um, marketing at different stages. This is generally, I, I'm going to have more, um, specific trainings on this inside the Academy, but this is the gist of what I tell my clients. When you only have zero to two books, don't try to do CPC ads. It's not that um, it's not that they're bad in and of itself. You will definitely be able to, to do testing. You will grow your audience, but you're not going to get a return on it. So, hey, if you are independently wealthy with lots of money to burn, then go for it. Do your CPC ads. But you're not going to see a profit on those generally um, when you only have zero to two books. So when you only have zero to two books, I tell people to grow their list using their lead magnet and book and sites like book funnel and story origin and just do the newsletter promo sites. And that's because even though they still cost money, um, you can stay within your budget and make sure that you're not going over. Um, so if you can only afford to spend 40 bucks a month on, on promo, then do that. And you will still see some sales and some growth of audience. Okay. Um, when you get to three to five books, that's when you can start testing the paid ads. Now, at this point, you can definitely make them profitable. I've definitely heard people who have, you know, tested them and made them profitable here. But it's usually not a matter of enough profit profitability to live off your royalties at that point. It's just that you're testing to find out what works. And, um, you know, hopefully you're breaking even or slightly above that. Once you get into the six to 10 books, that area, then it tends to be a lot easier. At this point, you have read through. So remember what I talked about with my series, I have five to six books in each series. Um, those series with that read through can absolutely be profitable. And I can make, if I can scale it well enough, I can absolutely make good money on each one of those series, okay? Um, at the six to 10 book level, again, because of the read through, you can start applying for book bubs as well. And, and book bub goes, same thing about BookBub as with CBC ads. You absolutely can do it earlier if you want to, but just know that it's going to be really hard to recoup your costs. So if you are on a budget and you're trying to, um, you know, make sure that you're not overspending or, you know, that you're at least breaking even, I would not do a BookBub until you have at least five books. And the more you have, the better. Um, 10 plus books, you know, we're not going to go into that too much today. I hope you guys can hear me. I have jets flying over my head. I live next to an airbase. So if you hear that rumbling in the background, that's what that is. Um, anyway, when you get 10 plus books, that's when I have my clients look into more complex funnels and membership sites and things like that. So that's when you can really 
um, kind of start to create an empire when you have that many books. But we all know that it, it takes some time to get there. Okay. It's not going to happen overnight, but it's important that if you don't want to be throwing money away and if you want to stay profitable, but also build your audience that you, you know, just do, do what works. We, we're all really excited because we feel like if we throw money into paid ads, we can sell a thousand copies. And I mean, theoretically that's true, but you don't see that actually working for people that don't have very many books in their backlist yet. So, you know, this is what I always recommend and my clients have a lot of success with it. Okay. Um, okay. So do you have any questions about this or anything that you need me to clarify before we move on? Um, Delta says, yes, I write a free novel for each series and promote on different sites. Good, good. That sounds like that's working for you. Um, this is what I need a straight plan. Good, good. I'm glad that I'm glad that, uh, this is helping you, Erica. When you move books from KU to wide, isn't there a certain period where they can't be listed wide? <clears throat> Um, Libby, it, you you can't list them wide until they come out of KU. So it's in 90-day increments, and you have to wait until it is no longer in KU before you can list it wide. But that is the only um, uh, period where they can't. So once they come out of KU, you can list them wide right away. You don't have to wait, but you just can't list them while they're still in their final KU period. Um, I've heard people recommend not using paid ads until book 10. Well, you know, that's probably because they we're not seeing a whole lot of success with paid ads until book 10. And that can happen. It's, it's going to depend on you. It's going to depend on your books. It's going to depend on your genre, on your price points, even though I um, suggest making book one free because that's what gets people into your, um, into your series. I, I, beyond that first book, I usually don't do 99 cents or super cheap. Every once in a while, I'll do like 2.99 for book two. But after that, all of my books in my series are 4.99. Okay. Um, you are looking for people who are willing to pay it because they like your, your books that much. And there's going to be a lot of people who aren't, but that's okay. That's what I talked about. Only having a percentage of them who are actually going to read through the series, but those people are your ideal readers. And if you can scale that, then you'll find them and you'll have enough read through to make good money. Okay. So um, it, there, there could be a lot of reasons why maybe they weren't having success until book 10. Maybe they're all their books are 99 cents. So it just wasn't, they weren't recouping enough cost, um, until they had 10 books or maybe honestly, maybe their books aren't very well written. And so they're getting people dropping off a lot of the way. So they have to have 10 books to make up for that. You know, there, there could be a lot of reasons. Um, but you just have to test and find out what works for your books and, um, you know, kind of go with that. Okay. So here's the thing guys. Um, let me <laughs> just push this aside for just a minute. Okay. So here's the thing. Um, while I really do believe that these strategies will move the needle for those who have mastered everything else, like their writing, their book production, etc., cetera, um, there are a lot of elements that go into all of these things that I haven't covered in the workshop, right? I mean, you guys recognize that. For example, I haven't talked about lead magnets. I haven't talked about CPC ads or anything like that. Um, we talked about email marketing, of course, on day one, and I gave you templates for two types of emails in the nurture sequence I use, but there are five other kinds, and the sequence is really more effective if you use them all. Um, I can give you info on the other kinds, but I can also give you multiple templates to use. So if you want to write five or six different genre reinforcement emails, obviously you're not going to write the same one over and over again, okay? So I have, I have more templates for that. Um, 
And what about when you have a book for sale? You know, what kind of emails do you write then? And what do you, what kind of emails do you send on launch? That's, that's another thing that I really think authors are not doing the best at. Most of them send one email when they uh, have a book that goes live and that's it. Like you really should have a whole launch sequence set up. Um, is that something you guys would be interested in learning? I, that's kind of what I'm asking, what I'm getting at here. Yeah, okay. Looks like some of you are. Good. Um, now to kind of recap yesterday, we talked about the nine essential plot points and using them to position your story in a way that will connect deeply with readers. And I truly do use those nine plot points for every single story I write and I even use them to craft my scenes. Um, but there's a lot more we could talk about. I mentioned it yesterday. The nine plot points only address the outward events, the actual plot events. They don't address the character, the inner transformation. Um, we didn't go into world building at all. Okay, those are whole different sets of templates and beats. And the really, truly amazing, memorable, transcendent stories um, use all of that in tandem. They really weave it together to make this really cohesive story that sort of feeds back on itself in a good way and really, really grips the reader. So is that something that you would be interested in learning? I'm just curious. Um, Delta says, always want to learn all that I can. Good, yes. Shanna says, yes. Brian says, yes. Good, good. Okay. And then how about today? We've uh, talked about marketing, post-marketing, and let me tell you, 99% of the people who approach me want to learn marketing. Um, by now, you know that there are ways to market at every step of the author journey, right? That's what I teach. You want to be pre-marketing, marketing within your story, post-marketing, growing your email list, marketing to them, all of that, but not in a sleazy or slimy way. We all hate that. Um, so we've talked about the effective marketing when you're just starting out and don't have a huge budget. But at some point, when you continue your author journey, you're going to reach a time when you do want to do CPC ads. If you have everything else in place, your foundation is, is strongly there, you'll reach a time when the, CP ads will, the CPC ads sorry, will serve you very, very well. But um, you kind of got to know how to do them. You got to know how to test them and all of that. And, and what I can tell you is that I have bought courses that teach ads for authors. I follow most of the people in the fiction space that talk about these kinds of things. Um, but when I moved, again, I keep saying this, when I moved into the entrepreneurial space, I found that there were things out there that are being taught about ads that are pretty essential to making them run profit profitably, but they're not necessarily being taught in the fiction space. Or at the very least, they're kind of like an afterthought. You know, they're not being emphasized. And of course, a lot of these things have changed in recent years. So in some cases, I could tell that this wasn't being done intentionally. It was taught as an afterthought like five years ago and people are still following that. And maybe that was okay five years ago. It really was an afterthought. But now it's become essential with the way that the ads landscape is changing. So um, let's see. I was gonna tell you a story and I just kind of, oh, I know what it was, okay. So I did talk about this a little bit on the first day, but you have to understand that the ad space is in flux. Um, the iOS, I don't know if any of you have heard of the iOS 14 update, or if you've heard that phrase being batted around at all. What happened is that um, Apple, iOS is the Apple operating system update, right? Apple put out a privacy update, which is making it a lot more difficult for Facebook to track its users, meaning in terms of their behavior. So what that means for us and for our Facebook ads is that 
it's harder for Facebook to really hone in on the people that would be interested in buying our books, okay? Because their behaviors aren't being tracked anymore. They don't know who's buying sci-fi on Facebook and who's buying romance, okay? And what that means is that our ads are becoming more expensive. It's going to be more expensive per click, and that means it's going to be harder for us to make them profitable, okay? So if what I just said sounded like Latin to you, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and assume you don't speak Latin. Um, just know that it means that things are getting more expensive and it's getting harder. It's not impossible. There are people who are still making good money with paid ads, um, but it, it is getting harder and we're going to have to be more granular and more specific in how we do our ads to make them work for us. Okay. Now I'm not telling you this because I want to make you panic or be negative. Like you'll never be able to scale your business or live off your royalties. That's not true. You absolutely will be. But the point is you need to understand that things are changing and that you need to keep up with those changes because if you're using outdated practices to run ads, it's gonna be dang near impossible for you to get them to work for you, okay? And, and this is nothing to worry about. Like I said, things are changing right now. Everything's really, really in flux, but Facebook is working on a solution for this, okay? They can't change the Apple update, and, and we're being told that Android's gonna follow and do the same thing, so it will apply to everyone. And Facebook, there's nothing they can do about that. But they're not just gonna be like, oh, what a shame. <laughs> Sucks to be you. No, no. Okay. They make billions on ad revenue and we authors are not by far their most, uh, like their top priority. No, not, not even a little bit, but this is affecting everyone across the board, not just authors, everyone who sells anything on Facebook. So trust me, this is something Facebook wants to fix and they're working on it. And the gurus are already coming out with, um, things that are working and how you kind of have to shift a little to get your audiences to work for you and, and that sort of thing. So all of this, sorry, that's a lot of technical talk, but all of this is just to say that when you are ready and at a point when you want to run CPC ads, is that something that you would want help with? Um, would you be interested in learning from someone who is familiar with the most up-to-date practices and can kind of pass that on to you? That's what I'm kind of asking you. Yes, please. Um, essential. Yes, it is essential. You're very right. Okay. So some of you do. Thank you for those who are answering in the comments. Um, okay, so if you guys would be willing to give me just about 10, 15 minutes more of your time, what time is it? Yeah, we're running a little bit long here. I'm, but people were asking the other day about my academy, and so I'm just gonna tell you a little bit about it so that you can decide whether it's something that you want to pursue or not. Let me uh, make this big for you again. There we go, okay. So on Monday, the doors of my Fiction Author Business Academy will open. Um, again, FABA, I told you that story yesterday. I, I went from F-A-B-S to it's just F-A-B-A. That's better. Um, <laughs> and this is, um, it is an academy that comes with a course that will give you a step-by-step -step plan for being successful as a fiction author from start to finish. Okay. I will go into more detail about that, but here's what you kind of need to know to be successful at anything, at learning anything. There are two things you need. You need the how-to, in other words, the step-by-step, -step, how to actually do it. Of course, you need that. And then you also need community. And the reason that I put that in there is because this has actually been proven um, through like sociological studies. Um, people really need support and community to make lifelong changes. And that is why um, you see things like when people are trying to implement a new fitness program or a new diet, they, they tend to need workout buddies and people to be accountable to, right? That's really the only way that the change happens, okay? Even when someone says, oh, I didn't join 
a club or a membership. I just did it on my own. That's fine. I mean, I'm sure that's true, but they still had some form of support, even if it was just in their significant other or their children or, you know, you need the community. And that's really, really important. Okay. Changes that happen over time. They do happen kind of subtly. You know, we know that we, we don't change overnight. We have to kind of put in the work and make it slow and steady. And the Fiction Author Business Academy will give this to you. Okay. You'll get the Prolific Author course. Now, I know I've got a couple of different names going on here. The Prolific Author is the name of my podcast. And so I called the course the Prolific Author course because it will help you um, by putting processes in place and, you know, step by step, what to do next, that sort of thing. It will help you to be more prolific and to get many books written. Um, I don't want to say quickly because that scares people, they cringe, but efficiently, you know, so that you're constantly moving forward being a prolific writer. But the Academy is called Fiction Author Business Academy. Um, so you will get the prolific author course, which tells you exactly step-by-step step what to do, start to finish, to write, public, publish, and market your books. Um, so it's going to be how to cultivate your writing habit, how to create your lead magnet, list building, all of the elements of a bestseller that will help your audience connect with your story, email marketing, marketing at every level, and basic ads. Um, yeah, I don't know of any other program out there that actually does the entire thing. Of course, there are ads programs and there are writing programs and there are, you know, different things, things that will help you get reviews. You know, I've seen people talking about those in the group. Um, but this is the entire thing from start to finish. So think about this as a almost like a college course for how to uh, succeed at being a fiction author now, today in 2021. That's what I set out to accomplish. And that is what we are going to do. So. There are basically three pillars you need to master in order to be successful at this. You have to master your words. And what I mean by that is um, getting them written, actually getting your butt in the seat, or if you dictate, maybe you don't sit in a seat, but actually getting the words down. Now, I will tell you that I used to take forever, okay, to get a book written. Over 10 years, I slowly locked down um, my writing and what worked for me, but it took me a long time because, like a lot of you, I was floundering and just didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't know how to train my brain to get into that writing space. I didn't know how to unlock my muse whenever I needed it to be unlocked. And just, I didn't know how to make myself prolific. So it was taking me a long time to write books. Um, keep in mind that mastering your writing isn't always daily writing. Now I, I do tend to call it a daily writing habit, <laughs> which is a bit of a misnomer, but it's really being able to turn your muse off and on whenever it works for you. So if you want to write 5,000 words a day, um, but people talk about batching, right? When you batch um, tasks, you can get more done. So let's say you want to write on average 5,000 words a day. Well, there's not very many people out there that can write 25,000 words once a week, right? That's really hard to do. But I want to get you to the point where you're able to do that. If you want to, it's, it's really difficult. Not many people will. Um, but the, the point is that you can kind of have some control over it. Maybe you won't do 25,000 words once a week, but I myself have vacillated between 5,000 words four to five times a week and even doing 10,000 words two to three times a week because that's just the way my life was at that point. You really can get to the point where you can control how many words you do and have a high word count and decide how many days you want to write and still hit those same word counts, okay? But you have to train your brain to do that. You have to understand that our brain practices um, neuroplasticity. I don't know if you guys have heard that word before, um, but it means that we, this is why we shouldn't go around saying we can't do things, okay? 
maybe we don't want to, and that's perfectly valid, but we can train our brain to do anything we want. Okay. I, I recently, um, I interviewed, I'm going to forget her name, Jennifer. She's, <laughs> she writes a book about gratitude and she talks a lot about neuroplasticity and, and she's done all the research and she's just, she's just right, you guys. So um, I want you to get to the point where you can master your words and get them written in what other, whatever form works for you and your writing and your life, even if it's at a level that you can't even imagine right now. Okay. So truly mastering your words is taking control of them, taking control of how much you write, when you write and being able to flip the switch on your creativity whenever you want to. The second pillar is mastering your story. Now, I told you my Dan Wells story on Wednesday, right? Learning, learning about plot points from him. Well, for the next eight to 10 years after that, I experimented with story craft in all kinds of ways. I looked at what worked and what didn't, what readers and critique partners responded to. I have studied story psychology and you know pretty much read every craft book I've come across since then and I've come up with basics which a lot of people know although not all but the biggest problem for the ones who know them is that they aren't actually implementing them and I kind of talked about this yesterday they they really I don't know undervalue them I guess um and they aren't actually using them uh but there are also tiers above the basics that most people don't know or implement and when you do they elevate your stories like into the rafters. Okay. So it will take you from writing good or even great stories to far above that. So you'll stop seeing, Oh, this was a good book or, Oh, I really liked this. And you'll start seeing words in the reviews, like amazing, astounding. I can't wait to read other things by this author, that sort of thing. And that comes from using those techniques to keep um, your, you know, within the story to make the, make sure that your readers will connect with it. Um, so I can train you to do that and to use all the different systems and you'll be amazed. I was actually just talking to my writers group about this last night about how it fills out your story and you end up with longer stories. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You're, you're ending up with richer worlds, with deeper characters, with layers and layers of meaning. And of course, that's going to take more words to write, but you'll get so pumped up and so fired up about writing that and you'll just, you'll just love it. It's the funnest thing in the world. Um, and then of course, the last pillar is master your marketing. Once you can get the words written, once you've got the story down, you got to market that thing. You got to get it to the right people. Pre-marketing, we've talked about, and I go into detail about that. Marketing throughout, post-marketing, without being sleazy. Um, I don't have a whole lot to add here to this pillar because we've talked about it quite a bit. But um, I will say that when I started implementing the tactics that I teach inside the course, it completely changed my business. Um, let me give you let me give you one example though that isn't about me. Um, I read an article and it was probably oh I want to say it was in early 2020 so it was more that it was probably about a year ago or a little over a year ago, and it was about Nick Thacker who is a well known thriller author. I don't write thriller. This is a different genre from me, and he talked about how he you know he has the months when he puts out a new book. I think he puts out like three to four books a year, and so the, of course he has months where he's launching a new book and months where he isn't and he's just relying on his backlist. And he said that on the months that he doesn't launch a new book, he generally spends $5,000 in ads to make $10,000. So he's making 5K a month, which is a very, very respectable income. I think we can all agree on that, right? On the months that he does launch a new book, he doesn't spend any more. And I, it could be that he spends it on different things for the launch than just ads, but he still only spends $5,000 a month and he makes... $20,000. Now, why does that happen? 
Well, I mean, clearly because he has a new book out, but think about that. If he's not spending any more on ads, there's no reason that he should make that much more money. So why does that happen? Guys, it's because of his email list. Okay. It's because of all of these things. He has an engaged email list who is loyal to him. So when he has a new book out, you know, the, the reason that he's only making only, I know, only making the 5k the other months is because his email list has read his past books. So he's just running the ads and doing the promos and, and pulling in new readers. But all of those people who are already loyal to him and on his list, go buy his book when it comes out. So he makes four times the amount every time he launches a book, right? And of course, that wouldn't happen if his books are not well-written, if they are not really connecting with those readers and they are excited to read another one of his books because he tells exactly the kind of story that they love to read and be entertained by, okay? So he's a really good example of all of these things. This is what he's doing. He's, he's figured it out, okay? And that's what I want you to get to. Now, granted, he has a, a pretty big backlist at this point. I think he's got 15 or 20 books out by this part, time in his career. And you may have a ways to go before you get there, but that's what you're aiming for. And it absolutely can be done. Don't let anyone tell you that it can't because there's too much uh, competition or something. It can. You just have to know how to do it. And you have to do it right. Okay. So these are the pillars that you have to master if you want to make it, so to speak, as a fiction author here in 2021. So this is how my academy works. Um, you have the course up front. So you're actually going to pay a larger amount up front to cover the, the cost of the course. And then after that, there's just a low, a very low monthly um, membership fee to be in the, actually in the academy. So um, you'll get the course when you first come in and it does drip out over the first few weeks, but how fast you go through it beyond that really depends on you. So you can get through it pretty quickly. It's, you know, in, in a few weeks. Um, yeah. And then you're probably wondering what, what you get for the monthly fee inside the academy. Well, I'm about to tell you. Basically, we're going to write our books together. I am going to go through all of the techniques that I show you and basically outline my book and I'll do it on video so that you can see it. And you get to write your book while looking over my shoulder. So um, basically, if you write and plan and write for your book, what I am planning and writing for mine at the same time, you'll keep up with me and we'll get our books written. Okay. So it's about implementing what's in the course. And it's about accountability. It's giving you writing accountability so that you can um, have something that you're part of to um, help you get your book written. Of course, there will be networking with other authors who are in there. Um, we will help you find critique partners and collaborators if that's something that you want to do. And there will be sprint rooms. We're going to set up um, Zoom calls where people can write together. I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but it's really, really fun. So all you do is you get on a Zoom marketing call and you don't have to talk to each other necessarily. You, you know, the point is to write. But if you look on your computer and see other people who are also typing away at their keyboards or, you know, if, if somebody wanted to dictate or something, they could do that just as long as they uh, muted their microphone so they weren't disturbing people. But it's just about the energy of other people writing and the accountability to get your writing done and sprint with them. OK, so everything about this academy is geared toward helping you get your book written. Um. You will also get weekly coaching from me, very similar to this. I will go live once a week and coach you. Um, yeah, so these are the kinds of things you're going to learn and do inside the academy. Understand that I'm I'm still kind of building it out. So it will be really fun for the people who come in with me to help build it. And you're going to help determine what it's going to be. Now, I just wanted to go quickly over what you're going to learn in the course in a little bit more detail so that you can see the kinds of things that you will be learning. So module one is the introduction. 
um, teaching you kind of some mindset stuff about how to be successful. Can you write your book in 90 days? I used to put a lot more emphasis on this than I do now. I deeply, genuinely believe that you can get to the point where you're writing a book every 90 days, if not faster. Okay, I have clients who do this. I actually do it. I am, um, if we're talking kind of a normal size book, <laughs> and I would call normal um, 70 to 90,000 words, I can actually do that in about six weeks if I'm really putting my shoulder to the wheel and, and, and pushing through and doing it. Um, right now I'm writing high fantasy, which is like more than double that. So it's taking me a little bit longer. But here's the thing. I'm going to teach you to do it in 90 days, but it might take you a couple of cycles, two or three times before you're, you know, like I said, you got to train your brain. You got to give yourself time before you're actually doing that. But this is just going through a school to teach you to do that. And forevermore, you might be able to get as many as, you know, three to six books out per year. So it's basically teaching you to build your backlist quickly so that you can get to that 20 books and that living on your royalties that much more faster and efficiently. How to open your reader's subconscious minds, busting through block, writer's block. We'll have a, a talk about that. These are some bonus videos and beating indecision. Okay. In the second module, we'll talk about cultivating your daily writing habit. As I said, it doesn't necessarily have to be daily, but just learning why daily writing is so hard, what the blocks in our brain are. And I have a 75 day writing toughness challenge that will teach you to be able to turn that on and off whenever you need to. Um, Module three is about marketing your world. So we talk about POV, genre, and tropes, and detailed world building. Market your characters. This is not your character arc. It is the actual character. So we're going to talk about the character Bible. Some of you may know what that is. Um, most people just use it to keep track of their character's looks. I do a lot more than that with it. So it's the expanded character Bible. Um, planning their personalities, developing their character voice, hero and villains, how they kind of intertwine, dynamic codes of ethics and irredeemable sins, okay? So that you can really build characters that jump off the page that are very distinctive and that your readers will just fall in love with. Then we go into marketing the internal transformation. I did mention this before. I talked about how there's a whole different set of templates and points for the internal that most people are not using or at least not purposely. So we're gonna talk about desires, lies, dissonance, um, creating your transformation arc, the detailed internal, and then we'll move on to the plot, which is, um, the outward, which we did some of yesterday. So I have a bonus uh, video about planning your premise in 15 minutes. I'll go over the four act structure, the nine essential plot points, which you guys are familiar with. We did that yesterday. Um, detailed, detailed external, which is like a level above. It's more detailed where I give you checks and balances and examples. Um, steps to a romance progression. This is not something I see taught very often. I don't think that genre romance will probably need this too much because they do this naturally. But for other authors who like me, I, I don't write genre romance, but I have elements of romance in pretty much all of my books. This helps you to um, make sure that your romance is fully fleshed out and that it feels genuine and authentic. And then, of course, there's weaving it all together for a cohesive story. In module seven, you'll learn to market the nuances. This includes um, planning your scenes, you know, a lot of scene work, um, your opening scene, your ending scene, and then reader satisfaction, which talks about um, oh, foreshadowing and symbolism and repetition and these little ticks, trip, uh, okay, I'm sorry, I'm losing my words here, little tricks and tips, there we go, um, that really elevate your book a lot and just really bring out the emotion, okay? People don't realize that using symbolism and using especially repetition can really 
you know, sucker punch your, re your reader in the fields, okay? And that's what you're going for. So people are not using this very purposefully. And this is one of my favorite things to teach. Um, then I give you the bird's eye view of your entire outline. So it's like a, a checklist for story production. And I even go into how to outline a series using the prolific author method, which is what this is. Okay, then after that, we're gonna learn uh, some stuff about the actual uh, production of the book. So we're gonna market your metadata, which is your title, your cover, your blurb. Um, market your marketing, I know, such a such a unique name there. Um, but this is where we'll go into pre-marketing, email marketing, um, what to market in each phase. I told you that I have more detailed videos on that. Um, and then we go into ads basics. I talk about the privacy update. Ads basics. And here's the thing about ads, guys. Because they're changing so much, I did not want to put more than basics into this course right now. But if, especially if you stay in the academy, as things change, I will continually be updating and making new videos and making sure that everybody knows what's working now. So this will really be built out a lot probably in the next six months or so. Um, but right now, we just have some pretty basic videos on how to do the different kinds of ads. And I'm gonna, I've got a video on creating a master marketing plan for your books. And then we have some bonuses just so that you can kind of get up to speed on um, different, different aspects of the industry. Okay, so I've got one on dictation. I actually use dictation and it's very valuable. It helps you to write a little faster, most people find. Editing for passive voice. Okay, I do not have a full comprehensive course on editing and I do recommend getting an editor, but if you can learn to self-edit for passive voice, you will save yourself thousands of dollars on editors and your writing will be much, much better. Okay, editing for or, uh, passive voice specifically is kind of the bane of the author's existence and it's the thing um, that you most need to learn to do for yourself editing wise. I'm gonna give you my complete daily writing process. I told you that I, I often write five to 10,000 words in a session. Um, how many days a week just depends on what's going on in my business and what other things I need to do. But I'm gonna tell you what I do and um, how I do it and, and how to make it effective if that's something that you want to um, pattern for yourself. Um, publishing on a shoestring budget. This is just an extra video I did that will help you when you're first starting out. And I know a lot of people are strapped for cash. And then we're going to talk about wide versus exclusive. Um, I'll tell you up front that I'm, I'm an advocate of wide, but I will go over in detail the pros and cons and how things are changing right now and, and so that you can make an educated decision about what you want to do for that. And then we have the wrap up, which is you know pretty much just what it sounds like. Okay, so that is what you get in the course. And then after that, you can stay in the academy if you wish. And you know, like most things nowadays, there are no... Um, contracts or anything. If you want to stay in the academy, you pay the money. And if you don't, you can cancel anytime. It's not a big deal. You can come back whenever you want. Um, all right. So I'm seeing, looking in the schedule here, how long does it take me to write a book? Um, well, like I said, I, it depends on the length. I can write a book every six weeks if I need to. Um, and if I'm really, really pushing it, but even, you know, if I'm writing every day and doing the 5,000 words a day, even the bigger books, I can usually get done in 90 days, um, but it's I'm, I'm pushing more closely up against that 90 day um, deadline. Um, and and that's, this is the other thing too, if, if you want the support, you don't have to stay with us. If you wanna, if you're somebody who's putting out a novella every single month, do that, don't slow down. You can write as fast as you want, you can go slower than we are. You know, if, if you're writing longer books and it's gonna take you longer. The other thing is that the, um, the Academy will, even though I, I advocate writing a book in 90 days, the Academy will actually move in 120 day cycles because especially when you're starting out, it would be really hard 
if you're really pushing to hit that 90 days and you you do it, you hit it on Friday to like jump into the next book on Monday, okay? You kind of need to give yourself a break. And um, so I usually put an extra 30 days in there so that you can finish up if you didn't quite hit the 90 days and so that you can use that time to start production on your book, things like um, editors and you know getting the cover designed and, and things like that, which is all stuff that I cover how to do in the course. But um, so, you know, you don't have to say with, you know, how fast I'm doing it. You can do it at your own pace, but still be in the academy if you want the support. So that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, what is my word count? Um, I'm not sure if you mean per book or how much I'm writing per day. I've kind of covered how much I'm writing per day. And for, for my books, it really depends on which genre it is. I write four different genres. And so they're, um, I, well, my crime and my historical and my dystopian, they're, they're right around 100,000 words. I do write longer books. But like I said, my high fantasy is like double that because they're the big like Game of Thrones doorstopper high fantasies. That's what I'm working on right now. Um, Let's see, looking at other questions. Okay, so I'm seeing people asking about how much it is. Let's move into that. So if you join, remember I told you it's, going to open on Monday, okay? And the reason for that, the reason I'm not opening it today is because there are people who have not watched this video yet that are not watching live, and they'll watch it over the next day or two, and I don't wanna rush them. I want them to be able to get through the homework and everything before um, we open the doors. And the other thing is people tend to get really distracted over the weekend, so <laughs> I'd rather open the doors on Monday when people are, are kind of in the business mindset. Um, so if you decide to join the, the Fiction Author Business Academy, you will get everything in the Prolific Author course, okay, all of the modules we talked about, and then the Academy, which which is about accountability, implementation of the course. You get to write your novel over my shoulder, network and collaborate with other authors, sprint rooms, community, everything I said. Now, here's the thing, guys. This is not, as I said before, this is not just a writing course. This is not just a marketing course. This is not just one aspect of being an author. This is a full transformational course, okay? You will know what to do start to finish to transform yourself into a prolific author, into a career author, okay, who can live off their royalties. Now, of course, that's not going to happen right away, especially if you've only got one book or if you're working on your first book. But like I said, think of it as a college course that will give you that path to success. And then all you got to do is start working on it and you'll get there. Okay. And we'll be there in the academy to help support you when you need it and to tell you how to shift and how to pivot when things change, especially when it comes to online and ads and all of that. So I'm doing right now something called a beta launch. And if you're not familiar with that, let me explain what it is. It means that the course is finished. It is ready for you to go through. Um, but as I said, I'm still building out the academy. So the people who come in with me this time are going to help me decide what it's going to be. Okay. I'm going to see what you guys need, what you want, what you want it to be. Um, and we will kind of build it together. Um, I will make sure that you have everything you need for success. But it is a beta launch because nobody's gone through it before. And also because I'm human, there are gonna be things that I can teach you, but it just didn't occur to me to put that in the course. In fact, there's already something that I know of. Somebody um, who came into the group the other day was asking about reviews and it occurred to me that I don't actually have a video on how to get reviews on your book. <laughs> so I'm going to record that um, probably tomorrow and make sure that it gets into the course. But my point is things like that. There's gonna be things that I just didn't think to put into the course and you'll need to tell me about them. So I'm going to be asking for feedback from people, not tons or anything. It's not going to be a whole lot of work, but just basic stuff. You know, if there's something you need that isn't there, you let me know and I will get it for you. 
Um, if something doesn't make sense, I can, you know, explain it more because if it's not making sense to you, it's probably not going to make sense to other people. And, um, you know, of course, anything technical, if one of the videos is glitching and I didn't realize it, then we need to get that fixed, things like that. So this is what a beta launch is. Now, when this course and the academy, when I launch it again, I'll probably launch it again in like four months ish. Um, and that will be a more public launch. Okay. And what I mean by that is I didn't do like a full webinar here. Um, I just did the workshop and then told you a little bit about it. And I honestly, I didn't run ads to this workshop. I just posted in a few Facebook groups. Okay. And then of course the people who were already in my Facebook group before this uh, would know about it, but it's because I wanted to do it, not a public um, launch this time because it is beta launch. Okay. So I'm launching it to very few people and just trying to get some feedback, that sort of thing. So my point is that when this goes gets launched again in four months, it is going to be a thousand dollar course because it is a fully transformative experience experience. Okay. But because it's a beta launch, I'm not going to charge that much. Um, I'm basically giving it to you for 50% off. So to get the course to get in, it will be one payment of 497, or if it's easier, you can do that as two payments of 297. And then after that, after the first um, two months of the uh, academy is built into the price of the course because I don't want you trying to pay for both at the same time. So after 60 days, you'll just pay for being in the academy if you want to stay in it, and it's $37 a month. Okay, and that also is pretty rock bottom. When I launch it again, it's probably gonna go up to I haven't really decided, but it'll probably be at least $57 a month. Okay, so I'm just trying to get you in at a low price so that you can give me some feedback and tell me what needs to be fixed. And I don't want you to worry that, um, you know, maybe if there's something that isn't there that I've forgotten, you're not going to get it. <laughs> Anything that you need to succeed, if it's not there, I will record it for you. I will get it for you. Um, and you, will, I will make sure that you have everything that you need. Okay, but this is just for the beta launch. And um, yeah, this is just where we're going. And I, I really hope that um, I can help you to be a successful author. And I think it will be really, really fun if we can all get our books written together and put really high quality stories out onto the market, you know, create a whole slew of really successful fiction authors who can really change the world with their stories. That's what I'm trying to do here. Okay, so this is what's going to be um, opening on Monday and um, you can mark your calendar for it. I will post in the group and I'll be posting everywhere on Monday. I'll post in the group and I'll post on Instagram and I'll send you an email if I have your email address and all of that. If you want to learn more about the group, you can do so at this um, URL. It's author LK Hill. That's my uh, my website forward slash join Faba. OK, um, I will say that there are buy buttons on there, but they will not work until Monday. So they're on there. But if you click on them, nothing's going to happen. But that's just if you want to read more about it and what's going on there and, um, you know, kind of decide if this is something that you would be interested in doing. And then um, if you are, then you can join on Monday. So. What questions do you have? Do you have anything that I can answer about anything, about the academy, but also about anything we've covered in the workshop, writing in general, marketing in general? Let me know um, what questions you have. What is the time commitment you mean for the course? Um, okay, I'm not sure exactly what you mean. Like, how long does it take to go through the course? I, I should know how many hours long the course is, and I don't, but I think it's around 16 to 20 hours worth of training. Um, in terms of the academy, there is not a commitment. You can cancel anytime you want. You can come back anytime you want. Um, 
if you come back, obviously you won't be paying for the course again because you already paid for that. So if you wanted to leave for a few months and then come back, you'll only be charged the um, monthly rate for the academy fee. I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, Poppy. Let me know if I if I understood what you were asking. Um, so what I'm going to do, just so you know, I'm going to go live again on Tuesday. So the the um, the doors will open on Monday. Oh, and I I, I should also add that they're only going to be open for four days. Okay, so this is going to be open Monday. Mountain Standard Time. You guys had so much trouble with me calling it Mountain Time, and I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry I confused you. Here, we don't call it Mountain Standard Time. We just say Mountain Time, um, and people had no idea what I was talking about when I said that. So anyway, um, so it's going to open Monday, MST, so just figure out the time zone difference depending on where you are, and it will close Thursday at midnight, Mountain Standard Time, okay? Um, and after that, if you know, if you don't get in this time, if you decide this isn't something you want to do right now, there's there's always going to be the next time I will launch it. But it'll be it'll be three or four months down the road at least, depending on how much tweaking I have to do. Um, and of course, at that point, the price will have pretty much doubled. Yes, I meant for the course. Okay, you're welcome for the information. I'm glad it's been so helpful to you. That is. Um, you're welcome, Erica. I'm glad I'm glad you uh, got a lot of value out of this. That That's really the, the biggest thing that I wanted. Even if you don't end up working with me, that is okay. I hope you're taking away things that will be of service to you in your business. Um, yes, <laughs> Libby, Mountain Time is very close to, to Pacific Time. Very close. Good, good. Okay, so as I was saying, I will go live on Tuesday. So the doors will open Monday. On Tuesday, I will go live just to do a Q&A. Okay, so it'll probably be the same time, um, which is 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And um, so if you have questions, again, it can be about anything. It can be about the academy. It can be about writing. It can be about marketing, anything we've covered. Um, just pop in and um, we'll do a Q&A probably for about an hour. And um, if you cannot attend that live, then what, what I'll do is right as soon as I'm done here, I will go schedule it in StreamYard. So it'll pop up in the group saying there's going to be a Q&A on Tuesday. And you can um, comment on that and put your questions in there if you can't be live with us. And that way I'll, I'll go through there and I'll answer those questions. And then you can watch the replay and get your question answered. Um, do I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching services? Yes, I do. I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching services. So if you're interested in that, go ahead and send me a DM. Um, anybody else? I know I've, I've thrown a lot of information at you. I'm sure you've got a lot to think about. Okay. Well, we've been going for almost an hour and a half, so I'm just going to call it there. And if you think of any questions, just make sure and either come to the live on Tuesday or put them in the comments and I will get them answered for you. In the meantime, everybody have a great weekend and have tons of fun writing your fiction and I will see you on Tuesday. Okay. Bye.